Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the It Is What It Is podcast powered by the Riot Report. My name is Josh Klein. I am managing editor of said Riot Report. And uh, today we've got head coach Matt Rule for you. Um, Spoke on a ton of different topics. Obviously, uh, coronavirus, COVID-19, the way that the Panthers and Bank of America Stadium have um, prepared for the uh, for the virus and what they're doing covered a lot of the uh, a lot of the time, but he also spoke on almost every position group there was: um, running back, backup running back, backup linebacker, offensive line, backup QB, Teddy's leadership, um, the secondary. He he was he was all up and down the roster and mentioned some interesting names. Had some kind words to say about FA Abada. Uh, said that Chris Manhurts uh, has the ability to be the best blocking tight end in the league. You know, these are the kind of things that when you're listening to a coach talk um, are, are interesting to, to, to remember and to kind of keep in the back of your mind when you're thinking about the roster later on, especially as we get down to the 53-man uh, when they have to make a bunch of cuts. The guys that he mentioned, like Miles Adams, um, like TJ Green, without prompting – are are the ones that obviously have the coach's eye. So something to think about as you're listening to these uh, to these press conferences. But um, I hope you all have a great weekend, and we will see you next week. Here is Panthers head coach Matt Rule. You got to talk to Dante Jackson. Yesterday, and I was just wondering, what do you believe are the biggest hurdles he faces in year three and in trying to step up to become that number one cornerback? And, and and what have your conversations with him this offseason centered around? I think Dante's there. I don't. I don't think there's any. You know, I think obviously, you know, we all have to improve and get better throughout this, this season. But um, his maturity, his approach. I, I didn't know him before, so I can't talk about anything before. I can talk about what I see right now. I see a. I see a competitive, talented, tough, grown man that's uh, you know really re- ready to go be a, a play-in, play-out corner, day-in, day-out corner. So uh, he's been one of the real bright spots to me. His maturity, his toughness, his leadership, his work ethic are all so far have been outstanding, and I think uh, I think his best football is about to be played. Matt, we talked to a bunch of players this week, and every single one of them said Teddy Bridgewater is a natural-born leader. Uh, what have you seen in this first week of camp from him? He's just a lot of fun to be around. It's all ball. I mean, he, he, um, you know, if a meeting goes to late, you can bet he's going to be in there at eight thirty, nine o'clock still, <laughs> you know, he, he, he loves, uh, he loves football. He loves teammates. He loves leading. He loves people. Um, you know, my son came in, you know, help out as a ball boy. You know, my son's 15, you know, within five minutes, you know, Ted, Teddy knows his name. I mean, he's just one of those people. Right. And so, uh, and on the practice field, man, he's, he's competitive. Um, he's professional, you know, uh, in a day and age where players are always asking for music. He told me today, he goes, he goes, turn the music off. He goes, we're not, we're not, we're not ready for that yet. You know I mean? He's, he's really, really, really um, serious about getting the football right. So I, uh, I'm really pleased. Matt, hey, Matt the, uh, along those same lines, um, Teddy brought in a lot of the offense. It looked like to kind of a separate, almost like mini camp that he ran. What does that say to you about him as a leader? And uh, and do you encourage that kind of, you know, those kind of activities for for your team to uh, to grow? 
Well, I didn't encourage that, you know, because that was uh, the NFL PA. I know asked the players not to do that. And so just any, any chance I got, I told guys, hey, you know, let's, let's be really smart about, you know, uh, social distancing and, 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 and all those things. But I also understand as, you know, professional athletes, they're trying to get ready to play. And um, the biggest thing is, is with Teddy and, and, and with all the guys to approach on offense, they know they, have, they know they have great talent. They know they have great weapons. But what we don't have is we don't have a lot of experience together. You know, what we don't have is we don't have a ton of time. And so, um, you know, we certainly want to be one of those football teams that gets better as the year goes on, but we can't waste time right now. So I think them getting together on their own said, hey, we realize we can't waste time. Coach, in, in an attempt to try and maximize the time, though, how much have you found this first week to be more about conditioning versus the actual football? You know what? They came in in really good shape. I mean, we, uh, we ran everybody the first day, you know, um, not, there's no conditioning tests this year, but just, you know, we started off and we had a plan to, to ease guys and guys showed up in shape. You know, the rookie showed up a week early. We took advantage of that. The quarterback showed up two days later. Um, but everyone showed up here, like I think in really good condition. So we're able to start, you know, a step ahead and, and take off. And so, you know, we're trying to do, you're trying to do really three things, you know, make sure that our bodies are, are, are ready from a strength, weight, conditioning standpoint. Um, make sure that, you know, we have the football right. And then also that we're building a team, you know, that we, that we understand each other. This is a different year. You know, you're not bringing guys in for tryouts and physicals, and all those different things. There's a lot of different rules. And so the people that are here, we've got to come together and, I mean, we're telling guys like, hey, if you've ever played offense before, you know, we're going to do five minutes of offense with you, you know, this in a year with COVID where you might have to build from within. Like we're, uh, we're approaching, it's not even like a college football team, like a high school football team in terms of the more you can do, the more you can do. And um, so we're just trying to build that camaraderie, get the football right, and also make sure our players are as, as healthy as possible. But a lot of credit goes to them with the way they showed up. Matt, do you feel like you can get the evaluation that you need with all these players? I mean, just from the standpoint of you haven't had that much time with them, and has that process really already started since you've been able to get them on the field? Yeah, I think it's it started day one. I think it starts in the meetings. You know, you see who's serious, you see what people know, and then you know you get out in the field with them and you see who who's who's playing at what level, um, how you can help guys get better. You know, this isn't one of those deals where it's just like, oh, he's good enough, he's not. I mean, we're trying to make sure as a coaching staff our our purpose is to help each player play better. And so, um, you know, we're following them day in and day out. You know, the guys are working really hard. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, we're taking advantage of every, every minute of every day. We're not, this isn't a, you know, country club uh, training camp and they're, they're answering the call. Hey Matt, uh, has there been any particular uh, player so far or players that you've noticed kind of taking on that vocal role, that leadership role, even through one week? And if so, has any of them been young guys, year one, year two guys that have been speaking up? I don't necessarily know, like, I don't know if we're in a place yet of guys speaking up. I mean, there's guys that are certainly vocal. I mean, you know, yeah, when you have a team with guys like Trey Boston and Shaq and, uh, you know, uh, KK and, you know, Dante, I mean, you know, every position probably has a guy that, you know, speaks up and then, you know, on offense, you know, parodies, you know, Kuhn, um, you know, Teddy. There's certainly guys that talk. I think the biggest thing right now is, is you know, it's new and, and no one really knows what to expect from each other. They didn't know what to expect from me. And so, you know, the great teams right now, everyone comes out and they just, they're, they're really deliberate in their practice and they're all about the details. And so, you know, you watch guys like McCaffrey, you watch guys like, you know, my first time being around DJ Moore. I mean, these guys are really, really, you know, detailed and deliberate about, hey, this is what I need to get better at today. And so I think if we have that approach, you know, what you want to do is you want to kind of build this, you know, cauldron of competition where guys, everyone's holding themselves accountable to get just a little bit better every day where, you know, we don't need a bunch of passionate, you know, 
fiery speeches. What we need is we need a work ethic and a toughness and a brand. And um, I mean, I, I've seen that so far. I've been really pleased with that. Matt, I know that uh, you've won competition in every position naturally, especially this year. But are there one or two of them that you think are really critical uh, and you're keeping a uh, particular eye on? Yeah, you know, I think uh, the tight end room, you know, I mean, uh, I think Chris Manhurts has a chance to be one of the, the best blocking tight ends in the National Football League, if not the best. And he's done a really nice job of improving as a pass catcher. It's Ian Thomas's turn, you know, to really to really show it's his time to go play and show what he can do. And then that battle for that third tight end. And, you know, you know, we're, we're taking kind of Joe's offense and, and you know, you know, it's kind of has a Saints derivative. But then you, you throw in, you know, what he did at LSU, uh, which is a lot more three receivers. You know, comes – you know, I come here from Baylor, which is a lot more three and four receivers. You know, some of our guys are, you know, even going back to Temple, you know, 22 personnel. So we're just trying to, you know, find, you know, who we are, what exactly we are. And so um, with that, I think that tight end position is really critical. And I think, you know, that running back room behind Christian, you know, how can we utilize Mike Davis, Reggie Bonifant, Jordan Scarlett? Like, you know, what, what ways can those guys go impact the game? So I think tight ends and running backs, you know, not just who the starter is, but how we're going to use everyone's really critical. Hey, Matt, the uh, backup quarterback position in the last couple of years here in Carolina has been pretty uh, important. It's basically been the starting spot. What's that competition looking like, and what can you say say on that so far? Uh, I think, you know, obviously Will's been here. He's got a chance to play in some football games. You know, we have a lot of confidence in him. P.J., um, you know, is a talented guy, did great things in the XFL. And I think right now they're both, you know, obviously they don't have the knowledge and the grasp of the system that Teddy has. I think what you're seeing from both those guys is is really just a commitment to uh, learning the system, getting a little bit more confident every day. Um, but I think we feel really good about that room, to have those three guys in a room, to have Teddy, uh, who, who's been a starter, who's won a ton of games, Will, who's had a lot of production, and PJ, who's really talented, to have those three guys where I think we're really blessed to have that room. And so uh, we're going to battle it out throughout camp. You know, no preseason games. It'll come down to each and every day in practice, but I feel good about having that competition. Hey, Matt, to kind of go off that, how do you guys kind of plan on splitting up the reps without having preseason games to see that competition unfold? Yeah, it's going to have to be a lot of offense versus defense. You know, it's going to have to be – we're going to work off like two groups, you know, you know, ones and a twos and just kind of split guys from there. And obviously there's guys who are entrenched, maybe don't need as many reps. There's some other guys that are, you know, trying to solidify themselves as bona fide starters and then guys fighting for jobs. So uh, we'll have to have a really competitive camp, you know, to have a good team. Coach, there's been a lot of unusual circumstances as you prepare for your first season in the NFL. What pleasant surprises have you encountered so far with this team? Uh, just, just, uh, just how much kind of fun they are to be around. I mean, honestly, like, you know, it's kind of weird. Like, you know, I don't think any of these guys have even seen my face, you know, in person yet. You know, I constantly have my mask on, you know, um, um, as you can see, I'm kind of rubbing my eyes. I'm dealing with a little, I got a cut in my eyes. <laughs> I got it. So I'm, I'm wearing sunglasses all the time. So uh, I don't think anyone's really even seen my face, but, but even instantly you have a great, there's a great uh, feeling in this building. I'd say just being around the guys and watching them interact and, you know, uh, teams, uh, teams aren't, you know, games aren't won by coaches. Game, games are won by players. You know, I believe the players win games and, when you have a bunch of players who are committed to a process, but also have great chemistry, you have a really good chance to win. And so um, I just have enjoyed being around them. You know, a lot of times as a coach, you get in there early. We're kind of all kind of coming through testing lines and all these different rules. So we're seeing each other a lot and it's been a lot of fun. So I like the vibe that we have. 
um, we got to hit the dog days of camp and really start to grind to really, you know, truly come together, though. One player that you mentioned uh, earlier this summer was that you were excited to work with is F.A. Opata. Have you been able to – what have you been able to see from him through this first week? Uh, I, I think he's had a tremendous offseason. He's up to about 275 pounds, explosive, uh, really committed to being a good player. And um, he's somebody that we feel like we can use in a lot of different places. You know, he could be a defensive end. He can go inside and be a sub. Uh, defensive tackle can play in, play in an odd package, can play in a four-down package. Um, I think he's going to have a really nice year for us. And I say that based upon all the work he did this offseason. Brian Burns is someone who's kind of coming off like a mixed season. You know, he had a good start to his review, but how do you kind of see him kind of emerging and what have you been your first impressions of him? Uh, you know, I, I knew Brian's talent, but he takes the game very seriously and um, showing up, you know, he showed up, he showed up having put on some weight, which is one of the keys to him, right? Um, he's always going to be a great rusher, but we want him to be a complete and total defensive, you know, player. And uh, I think when you show up with the weight put on that he put on, you're basically saying, hey, I, you know, I want to do this. And so I, I like watching him out there. I think he's, uh, he's going to have a special year. On that note, what does KK Short being healthy and Derek Brown, you drafting him, pushing the pocket, do for a guy on the edge like Brian Burns? It's a lot, lot more fun. <laughs> you know, they can't just run you by and step up in the pocket. You know, KK, uh, to me, is one of the leaders of this football team. Uh, he's one of the guys that I trust. You know, he's down to about 315, 312 pounds. That, that's, that's all pro weight for him. And he's done it with hard work. He's quiet. He's a consummate professional. He's always working at something. Um, I'm excited about KK. And, and to have a guy like Derek learning from KK. And, and I like that, you know, we have a young D-line. We know we drafted Derek Brown. We drafted Yitor Gross-Mentos. We drafted Bravion Roy. We signed Miles Adams as an undrafted free agent who's been a really nice surprise. And when they come to work every day and see what KK does, it's real clear, hey, here's the standard. And we got a lot of other veteran D-linemen just like that. So the D-line room for me is one that uh, not just talent-wise, but also just process-wise is doing things the right way. Hey, Matt, I, I know that you haven't – have a you know a long history with Shaq Thompson, but I'm curious your early impressions of him as a leader. I'm sure you got a sense of that in the Zoom calls and the in the virtual stuff, but seeing him on the field, can you can you speak to maybe both sides of that in, in regards to him? Yeah, you know, I think for me, you know, leadership to me, I mean, I don't ever, you know, there's there's being a spokesman and just being a leader, right? Like a lot of guys who talk a lot aren't necessarily the leaders. Leaders are the ones who you know uh, people follow <laughs> into in, into dire circumstances. Leaders are the ones who are out front. And, and maybe they don't even have to say a lot, but they do a lot. And that, to me, when you know, when Shaq showed up early and reported early with the injury guys, and is out there every day with the rookies and is doing things right, like that's that's leadership. And you know, I know he had 100 tackles last year. I know he had some real production last year, and he wants to continue to do that. But seeing the way he's taking care of his body, seeing the way he approaches his work every day, seeing him when he comes in early in the morning, you know, he's in there. He's you know, he's in the weight room talking to the old lineman, talking to this position. He's connecting with people on the team. Um, that's real leadership. You know, it's not a lot of people just think getting up and giving these speeches. I mean, anybody can do that. Sometimes people roll their eyes at those guys. He's doing it day in and day out so far. And so, um, you know, I think for us, it's our job as coaches to support him by helping him play his best football. But also, um, you know, I love his approach because I think it, it brings others along. Matt, speaking of your defense, and you mentioned all the good pieces, but you got to bring it all together and, and make it work cohesively. I think your average age is going to be about what a, maybe a veteran college football team might be. What, what is the biggest challenge of, of getting that cohesiveness and getting that young group to play as one? 
Uh, it's great. It's a great question. It's, it's just experience. Most times, you know, most of us learn from failure way more than success, right? So sometimes you have to go out there and get beat and then you say, oh, okay, you know, all right, I, I learned from it. I'm not going to make this mistake again. We don't even have preseason games to do it, so we have to do it from practice. So that, that's going to be the challenge. We're going to have to count on some of our veteran, veteran players to make sure that they hold a standard of, hey, here's how we're going to practice, guys. Here's how we're going to play. But um, I just think we need time and experience. We just need to keep playing together. And um, uh, the good news is we do have a lot of guys who played a lot of football, though. You know, Dante's now a veteran. Trey's a veteran. Eli Apple's a veteran. Guys like TJ Green and Justin Burris, you know, those guys have played a lot of football. So we need guys to step up and – that's, that's the approach I know Phil's taking. Like, hey, let's just not waste a day. Let's not go through the motions. Everything on defense is details and efforts. So let's bring great effort, and let's let's have great details. And to follow up on that, the uh, I think when Derek Brown got to Auburn, he even mentioned it, how many new pieces there were there. And that defense took a huge jump from the year before to what it uh, was that year. What's, what did you see if you look back at those years that, that, that he was a big part of helping that, and how can he be a big part of that? I haven't really seen those those teams, you know, um, at the end of the day, you know, big dominant defensive linemen make it a lot easier to, you know, you don't, you can, you can help guys in the coverage. And, and I think, you know, Derek, uh, Derek has, has, you know, you draft somebody, you expect them to be good, obviously, but seeing him live has been outstanding. And um, it's like anything else as a rookie, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you come in, you got a lot of juice. Now we got to just grind through this, you know, through this training camp, get to the season and just grind through the year. And so, um, but there's a good spirit on our defense in terms of, you know, guys are ready to work, which is good. Matt, uh, you guys have – go ahead. Oh, uh, I think you guys have 10 linebackers on the roster currently. Um, aside from guys like Shaq and Tahir, the, the veterans, what do you see from the battle uh, in that linebacker room? And um, is there a reason why there, there are so many – they occupy such a huge amount of space on the roster? Um, you know, we have a lot of guys that are probably like, you know, cross doing a couple of different things, right? It's so like Chin and some of those guys, like they're playing like the big nickel and playing safety. Sam Franklin's doing that. So sometimes on a depth chart, it looks a little different. Um, but I do think we, you know, we're, there's a real battle for who, who the next guys are going to be. You know, um, Jermaine Carter has, has done a nice job so far. Andre Smith, JK, there's a lot of guys who've been here. Um, you know, we, we have brought in some undrafted guys, obviously drafting Chin, bringing in Sam Franklin. Uh, you know, signing out uh, uh, AG the other day, uh, Taylor, uh, who's played a lot of football. So um, I think we're looking for two things, really. You know, we, we want some guys who can go in the game and play on defense and give us some legs and run. And also we're looking for, you know, great special teams. You know, we believe that one of our advantages is we're going to try to win with special teams. And uh, so that battle, we're trying to get as many, you know, run and hit bodies in here as possible and really shore up uh, the special teams. So I think that's a place where, I think earlier they asked me, you know, some places, I think backup linebackers are a real competition right now. Matt, with all the unknowns, what is your biggest concern going into the season? Um, you know, I, I just think um, – I just think it, it kind of hits you when you first get started that, hey, like guys don't even know where to stand at practice to get started because we didn't have all the OTAs and all that stuff. And so how quickly can we get past all of the – you know, stuff that normally you would have done in, you know, March and April and May and June and get to the real crux of the matter, which is, hey, we've got to go play well. And how do you play well? You, well, you play well by, by you know, making mistakes, learning from them and moving forward. And so, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have, to count, have to count on some young players. We'll have to count on some guys in some positions. I feel good about all that. My biggest thing is, you know, just our approach and our mindset as a team, like, 
I don't want to be known. I don't want us to be known as like a show. Like we're not here for the show. We're here for the football and we want to get the football right. And so um, I've liked our guys serious approach to that. Um, we've got to maintain that as the games get here and all the stuff starts to happen. Like, can we be a serious football place? Um, my money's yes. We got the right type of guys to do it, but that's the biggest thing that, you know, to me that has to happen moving forward. Matt, you have a few guys on the offensive line that have played together as like Matt and uh, Russell and, and Schofield and all, obviously all the guys that were here before. Just how much can that help you when it comes to that unit trying to gel? Uh, it's vital. I mean, you know, you walk in those rooms and a lot of those guys played for Pat before, you know, Johnny played for him in, in, in Buffalo and, and, and Pat does some things uniquely. And so they understand, they understand his system. They understand his way of doing things. And really the offensive line, people think of it as five different people. Really it's how people, they interact and work together. And, and, and Pat does it in a unique way. So they know it, they understand it. And, um, you know, I think we've been pleasantly surprised by even some of the young undrafted guys that have showed up. Uh, guys have really bought into it and I think they're working really well together. Matt, with the governor saying this week uh, the phase three or was at least five more weeks away, what are you getting uh, there in the building in terms of fans versus no fans at your home games? They haven't really said too much to me. I didn't even – I think they, as I was walking up here, they told me about the, 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 that order. Um, you know, I've, I've been so locked in on the football. And, uh, um, you know, I think the biggest thing for me is, is when that time comes – obviously we want to play in front of fans, right? Like, you know, we want to, we want all the people who love and support the team to be able to be there, but we also want to be safe. So I think, you know, the one thing, the approach I've tried to take to all this is even as these protocols or rules is, you know, things could change on Wednesday. They can be different on Wednesday than they were on Monday, right? Just to constantly be, you know, kind of sticking and moving, bobbing and weaving, you know, just constantly, you know, adjusting to what happens next. That's the person who adjusts the best, you know, and the quickest wins, you know, in this game. And so, um, if there's no one in the stands, we'll be ready to play. If, and if it's packed, we'll be ready to play. And just as a quick follow-up, you've been in this now a couple weeks and seeing how the protocols are. What's your sense as to whether you think the, the NFL can pull this off uninterrupted? And, and I'd also be curious about your thoughts on the college game as well. I, I think when you're in this building every day, um, I think you walk away saying there's absolutely no doubt that we're going to play football. Now, I can't talk about society at large, right? I don't know what will happen outside. Like, I'm not probably locked in on the news as much as everyone else is because I'm in football. But I think when you're here, you feel a real sense of calm when you're in this building because, A, you know everyone's being tested, and, B, like we're socially distanced. We're walking around with contact tracers. You know, we're, we're wearing masks. I mean, it's not like people are like kind of wearing masks. People are wearing masks. Like, we're taking it so seriously that you feel really comfortable and calm and safe being here. Um, cause you know, you're not gonna be able to prevent everything, but there's a really good system for when something does happen. Um, in terms of college football, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I hope it happens. I love college football. Uh, if not, I hope it happens in the spring, you know, so that we have a chance to go out and, and see guys play in the spring. And, and, um, but, uh, but I know for me, when I'm here, I say to myself after being in it, um, just kind of really in it, I'm like, there's no doubt that I think we should be able to make this happen and, and play a really good football this year. And I think, you know what, I think America uh, needs it and is going to love it. Following up on that, yesterday Dante was saying that you guys are the trash, the trackers, they light up red when you're too close to somebody. Have you seen a lot of red light up? Yeah, and, and the whole point is that, um, you know, you're, you're going to get too close to somebody. The, the whole point is that, um, 
you you want to you want to minimize your contact to less than 15 minutes. And so as I told the team, you know, like you look at the research, like you someone could walk up to you with like you know uh, terribly you know contagious disease and cough in your face. But it's just if it's one time your immune system fights it. When it's over time, that viral load builds up. And what we're trying to get guys to understand is football is a game where we're going to be close. We're going to get near each other. We're going to. But what we want to do is we want to stay less. You know, we want to keep six feet apart. Um, as much as we can, as often as we can, and, and just not for more than 15 minutes at a time. And so those trackers do really two things. If someone gets sick, we, instead of quarantining the, you know, the whole building, we can go back and say, okay, who was close to that person? And so then we can quarantine just those people. And then number two, every night Sean Patton looks at the data and says, okay, where are we having people that are being together for more than 15 minutes? It's not happening on the football field. The football field is one of the safest places in terms of that. It's happening maybe at lunch. It's happening maybe at a meeting. It's happening sometimes in the training room. And so we just keep installing new protocols. You know, every 10 minutes, every 14 minutes, we blow a horn, people separate, right? And um, it's not a workaround. It's just really understanding the science of, you know, to, to spread this disease, you have to be close for an extended period of time. And so we have some red, but it's a great reminder. I mean, what you think is six feet is usually about four feet. You know, like I tell our guys, eight is the new six, man. Just get apart, spread apart, put a mask on and, I think our guys are doing a really good job at that. We got time for a couple more guys. Matt, you may not Matt, even have gotten this far um, in terms of like what a game would look like for coaching, but I mean, do you think coordinators will be in the booth together? Do you think the sidelines will have some sort of social distancing as well? Have you guys talked about that? Uh, you know, um, uh, we, we had a lot of conversations in the summer about, hey, how will this work? How will that work? I think when it comes to the football, as long as it's safe, we're always going to do what the football is. I know Phil's always like being on the field. I know Joe likes being up in the booth. So um, I don't think we would ever sacrifice those things. But, again, I think the NFL, the NFLPA, you know, the scientists, the doctors, Dr. Sills, our doctors here. I mean, uh, Dr. Nancy Gritter is our team doctor. Like, I trust her implicitly. She's amazing. So when they say to me, hey, this is best practice, or when Eddie said, hey, this is best, we try to incorporate those things. But as of right now, like, we're just – I think the way to, I think the way to beat this is just for us, you know, for me as a coach, uh, coaching staff and – our staff to really just attack today and make sure that today's safe and that we're distanced and we have our masks and all those things. If we do those things, when we get to the games, you know, we'll attack that separate set of protocols as they come. I said, oh, what do you think the, the reason is you guys have had no positive tests so far? What's the one thing that stands out to you the most? Um, I, I honestly, I don't know, to be quite honest. I mean, um, you know, I think one of the things I've learned and not about our team just in general is there's a lot of people get tested. I think a lot of people find out they actually had it. <laughs> they had antibodies in their system. They didn't even realize it. But, you know, I think a lot of, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, a lot of people, you know, they've been really careful. They've, they've, they've quarantined. They stayed at home. They were, they've worn a mask. They've done the things it takes to, to not get it. You know, I mean, um, my wife and I and our kids, like we've, we've tried to be very careful, you know, leading up to the season. And so I think it's uh, key for, you know, every person that work, works in this building to make sure that a, they do the best they can to stay healthy. And then B, they follow all the protocols. So when something does happen and something eventually will happen, we don't get everybody sick. You know, we follow the protocols to make sure it's isolated, targeted, and, and we fix it. And so I think, I think again, a, a lot of credit goes to all the people that work here at the Panthers. I mean, this, I can't imagine a safer building. Coach, thank you so much guys. Appreciate you uh, taking the time. Thank you guys. Thank you.